Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Reverend Steve Andrews. Today we get to look at Numbers chapter 33 together. These are the stages of the people of Israel when they went out of the land of Egypt by their companies under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Moses wrote down their starting places stage by stage by command of Yahweh, and these are their stages according to their starting places. They set out from Ramesses in the first month, on the fifteenth day of the first month. On the day after the Passover, the people of Israel went out triumphantly in the sight of all the Egyptians. While the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom Yahweh had struck down among them. On their gods also Yahweh executed judgments. So the people of Israel set out from Ramesses and camped at Succoth. And they set out from Succoth and encamped at Etham, which is on the edge of the wilderness. And they set out from Etham and turned back to Pi-Hahiroth, which is east of Baal-Zaphon. And they camped before Migdal. And they set out from before Hahiroth and passed through the midst of the sea into the wilderness. And they went a three days journey in the wilderness of Etham and camped at Marah. And they set out from Marah and came to Elim. And at Elim there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they camped there. And they set out from Elim and camped by the Red Sea. And they set out from the Red Sea and camped in the wilderness of Sin. And they set out from the wilderness of Sin and camped at Dovka. And they set out from Dovka and camped at Alush. And they set out from Alush and camped at Rephidim, where there was no water for the people to drink. And they set out from Rephidim and camped in the wilderness of Sinai. And they set out from the wilderness of Sinai and camped at Kibroth Hatava. And they set out from Kibroth Hatava and camped at Hazaroth. And they set out from Hazaroth and camped at Rithma. And they set out from Rithma and camped at Raman Perez. And they set out from Raman Perez and camped at Libna. And they set out from Libna and camped at Rissa. And they set out from Rissa and camped at Kehoatha. And they set out from Kehalatha and camped at Mount Shefer. And they set out from Mount Shefer and camped at Harada. And they set out from Harada and camped at Machaloth. And they set out from Machaloth and camped at Tehath. And they set out from Tehath and camped at Terah. And they set out from Terah and camped at Mithka. And they set out from Mithka and camped at Hashmana. And they set out from Hashmana and camped at Moseroth. And they set out from Moseroth and camped at Bnei Jakan. And they set out from Bnei Jakan and camped at Hor Hagidad. And they set out from Hor Hagidad and camped at Jothbatha. And they set out from Jothbatha and camped at Abrana. And they set out from Abrana and camped at Ezion Geber. And they set out from Ezion Geber and camped in the wilderness of Zin, that is, Kadesh. And they set out from Kadesh and camped at Mount Hor on the edge of the land of Edom. And Aaron the priest went up Mount Hor at the command of Yahweh and died there. In the fortieth year after the people of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt on the first day of the fifth month. And Aaron was a hundred twenty-three years old when he died on Mount Hor. And the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in the Negev in the land of Canaan, heard of the coming of the people of Israel. And they set out from Mount Hor and camped at Zalmona. They set out from Zalmona and camped at Punan. And they set out from Punan and camped at Oboth. And they set out from Oboth and camped at E-Abarim in the territory of Moab. And they set out from Eim and camped at Deban Gad. And they set out from Deban Gad and camped at Alman Deblathame. 
And they set out from Almon Diblathame and camped in the mountains of Abarim before Nebo. And they set out from the mountains of Abarim and camped in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. They camped by the Jordan from Beth Jeshemosh as far as Abel Shatim in the plains of Moab. And Yahweh spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you pass over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their figured stones, and destroy all their metal images, and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given the land to you to possess it. You shall inherit the land by lot according to your clans. To a large tribe you shall give a large inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a small inheritance. Where the lot falls for anyone, that shall be his. According to the tribes of your fathers you shall inherit. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your side, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell. And I will do to you as I thought to do to them. This is the word of the Lord. So in our text today, it is largely a review of really the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers here. And so you can spend as much time as a family reviewing as you'd like to, uh, especially those verses from 5 to 35, and then again from 41 to 49, where it's just place name after place name after place name. You can make some connections to the events that you see elsewhere. Um, so, you know, as we do this uh, briefly, we'll, we'll reflect more on the other sections of the, the chapter. But, you know, they're following that cloud or fire pillar uh, as God leads them through the wilderness. I've never found a good map of this simply because we don't know where most of these places are. We do know some of them. If you have a Lutheran study Bible, page 120 has a, a decent map of this and a possible route for their wandering here. Um, but you see this. So verse 5 is Exodus chapter 12, verse 37. Uh, verse 6 is Exodus chapter 13, verse 20. Verse 7 is Exodus chapter 14, uh, verses 2 and 9, where you see that happening. And then verse 8, as they pass through the midst of the Red Sea, that's chapter 14, verse 22. And it's just a passing note. This is a spot where the review is easy enough. You could ask your children to do that for you. What happened when Pharaoh pinned Moses and Israel against the Red Sea? What, what happened? What did God do? What did God do for them? And you can talk about how God delivered them, rescued them, saved them uh, by destroying the world's super army at the time, the, the greatest power in the world. Elim in verse 9 is from chapter 15, verse 27 of Exodus. Uh, when you get down to verse 11 and they get to the wilderness of sin, now you're in Exodus chapter 16. One full month has passed in the, their wandering so far. As you come to verse 14, Rephidim, that's Exodus 17, where you can read about that interaction with the water. Uh, that There wasn't anything for them to drink, and so God commands Moses. Uh, and that's Meribah that comes up there. Uh, you can see verse 16, the wilderness of Sinai. That's the beginning of chapter 19 where they come there. And then you've got the Ten Commandments and all that time spent on the mountain as they camped there for the 40 days, 40 nights that Moses was up there the first time. And then there was more time too. And then it 
kind of takes a break in the rest of that section. You don't really see in the book of Exodus because Exodus wraps up with that. It wraps up essentially with that tabernacle construction, which happened there. Then you get, a, um, I guess the second section is 41 to 49. And that's going to be a lot of those places you, you see here in this book of numbers. And so you can track back some of those. Verse 48 in particular is a big part of the book as Balaam is brought to curse the Israelites at Moab by the king Balak and by the Midianites and refuses to do it, um, but follows the Lord's instructions instead. So some of these events you can recall. Um, as you look back then to the beginning of the chapter, you've got Israel leaving Egypt. God has rescued them from their slavery there. Moses and Aaron are their leaders. Um, and Moses has been told by God to write all this down. So there's a, a note about the, the validity of Scripture coming from God, which is important for us as we think of our faith. Verse 3, uh, the first month, 15th day of that month, because on the 14th day of the month was the Passover. It's when God had them slaughter the lambs at twilight, paint the blood on their doorposts, and then the Lord came and destroyed the firstborn in every household whose doorposts weren't painted. And that's where we get the Passover celebration that Israel does every year after that. And the Jews, many of them still celebrate that today. But for us as Christians, it's been replaced by Christ on Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. He is our Passover lamb. His blood covers over all of our sins so that the Lord passes over us with his judgment and we get to live. So there's that wonderful connection of, of the high feast of the Old Testament people to really the Christian celebration of of Holy Week. And it's worth noting there in verse 4 that Yahweh executed judgment against the gods of Egypt. I mean, they're false gods. They're just empty ideas. But the people put their trust in those false gods. All of the Egyptians had, and it wouldn't be surprising if many of the Israelites had too. And so God's judgment, his plagues, the ten plagues, ten miracles, if you want to call them, they showed that all of those gods were empty and worthless and nothing, but that Yahweh alone actually had power over creation. So that's an important note there that you can pick up on. Verse 38, we see that Aaron dies on Mount Hor. We get some timing finally. We haven't had any mention of timing in a while, so the 40th year means we're drawing close. It's a 40-year wandering in the wilderness, according to Numbers 13 and 14, where they spied out the land and gave the bad report. So 40th year of their wandering, Aaron dies. He's 123 years old. It's a good long life. Verse 40 uh, is a simple reflection of chapter 21, where we saw this king come against Israel and fight against them, even taking some of them captive. And Israel devotes that that king and his people to destruction, their cities to destruction. So your last note is that final paragraph then. And this is an important instruction for the time to come. As God instructs them, when they pass over the Jordan, when they enter the promised land, what must they do? They have to drive out everyone who lives there. So all the Canaanite peoples of the various tribes, drive them all out of the promised land, and then destroy their stones, their metal images, and their high places. Destroy all of their idols and all of their worship sites. That's what a high place was. Whether they offered things there or they worshiped there. 
Invite your children in on this one. Why is God instructing them to do this? Why drive the people out? Why destroy their idols and their worship places? Again, it's the concern of the Lord that his people are going to, to lapse into paganism, that they're going to start worshiping these other gods instead of following him. And it's a concern that will play itself out as being true in the years to come. The king of Israel, Jeroboam, starting in what is that, 1 Kings chapter 11, not wanting his people to go to Judah and Jerusalem to worship God, sets up two temples, essentially, with golden calves in each of them for the people to worship these false gods. And every king of Israel after him is said to have done the same thing, to have continued on in their father's evil sin of, of, of misleading the people from Yahweh. But even as you read through those, as you read through the Judean kings, you'll see that some of them were faithful, some of them weren't. Some of them tore down these different places. Some of them left them standing. Some of them built some. And so this, this false idolatry, this, this worship of other gods, is a constant problem, a constant barb in their eye, thorn in the side, as verse 55 will go on to say. If you do not drive them out, this will be a problem. And we learn in Judges chapter 2, verse 3, that they failed. They did not do this. They did not fully drive everyone out. And they did not destroy their high places and their idols. They let them stay. Uh, and that's going to cause that problem. And that comes to verse 56. I will do to you as I thought to do to them. So this, this is the promised land that they finally get to enter after all that time. 685 years of waiting, 40 years of wandering. They finally get to go in and take it by lot in their clans as it's been promised and laid out for us in this book already. And yet because they refuse to do what Yahweh has given them to do, because they insist on being idolatrous people and chasing after other gods, God will drive them from the land just as he has said he would do for the others driving the Canaanites from the land. He's going to do that now to Israel. And as that kingdom splits in two to Israel and Judah, we see different dates of that. Israel is driven out in 722 by the Assyrians, and Judah in 587 by the Babylonians. They're carried into exile, removed from the promised land because they're not faithful. One future connection for us is we kind of did this yesterday in the text, the promised land for us is paradise. And the beautiful thing is, when we get to paradise, there is no more of this. This isn't a possibility. There is no sin. There's no death. There are no idols. There's nothing to tempt us. There's nothing that we could possibly be led astray by. When you get to paradise, you get to stay there forevermore. Amen.